Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. We'll be going straight into the Word of God. And the title of the message that God has actually impressed in my spirit this morning, it has been titled, Go in this thy mind. Go in this thy mind. Um, this was a story that was from, um, what's it called, Judges chapter 6. And so we're going to be reading Judges chapter 6, which is our anchor scripture. We're going to read everything from the book of Judges chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 14. It's a long read. I need you to be patient because everything I'm going to be bringing out this morning according to God's instruction is actually going to be coming out of this very particular scripture. Judges chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 14. But before I get into my scripture this morning, there is something that happened, I think it was during the week, and, 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 and I had a privilege of meeting some certain group of people. And, and when I met them, uh, we were talking about some certain reality that is happening around their life and also happening around life. And that also, there's a certain question that was asked and that was thrown across to me based on this very particular person. And I don't want to mention them because I believe that person will be listening to the service this morning. And so when the question was thrown to me, by God's grace, I was able to answer the question. But now, it gets to a particular point where from my answer to the question, I begin to pick up some certain gaps in the life of this very particular individual. And it applies to also many of us. You will see many of us complain that, God, I've been praying, I've been fasting, I've been doing all, I've been sowing my seed, I've been giving. Um, I, I, some people have laid leg on me, some people have even poured poor food on my face. They've done all manner of stuff under the name of the prophetic instructions. But how come things are not happening in my life? And so based on these conversations, by the time I was driving back, the Holy Spirit just ministered to me very strongly that what just happened there at that very particular meeting is a clear indication that many of my people, they are hearing, but they are not hearing right. And so because of their hearing and they are not hearing right, their belief structure has been confused and thereby producing the actions of faith that they are currently operating in. Hear me in this kingdom. If you would, if you would be able to pull any possibility in this kingdom, hear me, you must, number one, be able to hear the right message of faith. The right message of faith, not the message of condemnation. Not the message of fear. Not the message of generational cause. It does not produce faith. It produces fear. Not the message of your enemies from your father's house. As much as those very particular messages are good, they somehow, this is one of the things I've come to understand, they somehow produce fear in the life of the believer. Because when you believe right in this kingdom, or when you hear right in this kingdom, it produces right believing. And your right believing therefore produces an actions of faith that then begin to manifest that which you believe. And so based on that, on that very particular event, and I looked at it, I, I, I felt very pity on one of the person asking this very particular question. And in my mind, I'm saying, I wish you could understand that the reason why you suffer long was because you were wrongly believed. You were believing wrong. And hear me, please be careful when people preach their encounters and they don't preach Christ. Because hear me, I keep saying it, I'll keep saying this until Jesus come. The day you find out that I'm, I'm living the Christ message, and I'm not preaching my encounter with God, just know that I'm about to cause you trouble. 
Because when people begin to preach their encounter and not as God said to Peter and John, hear ye him. Indirectly, we are living in the days where if Christ is not made manifest, you will live a life of trouble and you will be wondering how come that result are not showing forth. Because why? We are constantly being told the encounters of men are not the reality of who we are now in Christ Jesus. There must be a message of Christ if your life will see transformation. There must be a believing of Christ if your life will see transformation. There must be an actions of faith in Christ if your life will see transformation. And so because of that very particular reality, this morning, from the book of Romans chapter 15 verse 4. Romans chapter 15 verse 4. I'm going to be giving you a long scripture reading this morning. And after then also I'm going to be bringing out God's counsel about that. And also give you five things. Five things under that very particular word mind. So five acronyms that guarantee you going in that mind. Because from the scripture we see in that we're going to be reading in a few seconds from now. We see that the angels appeared to Gideon and said to Gideon, go in this thy mind. But some scriptures say, go in this thy strength. But we are going to find out what does that mind really mean. And so please be patient this morning because you are going to be blessed this morning. Remember that this month is a month of opportunity and inheritance. And it will be obvious before men that this is what the Lord has done for me. I declare this upon somebody this morning. That as you go in this thy mind, you will see manifestations in the name of Jesus. I come against every forces of darkness that may want to mitigate your experience on planet Earth. Every gang up of hell that may want to question your reality in God. I come against them now in the name of Jesus. And I don't know who you are this morning according to prophetic instruction. Whatever that needs to be add up in your life. Hear me and hear me well. By the grace of God, whatever that needs to add up into your life. That will guarantee your joy be full. Hear me. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. That which needs to be added into your life. I don't know what that is. But I know that God sent me this morning to prophesy to somebody. That which needs to be added for your joy to be full. For some of you is marital settlement. For some of you is promotion. For some of you is increase in finance. For some of you is health challenges. But that which needs to be added into your life. For your joy to be full this season. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. It says in the book of Romans chapter 15 verse 4. He said, whatsoever things that are written are four times, he said they were written for our learning. He said that through faith and patience, um, I mean through faith and, so, sorry, through patience and comfort of the scripture, he says that we might receive hope. Through patience and comfort that we might receive hope. So which means the scripture we are going to be reading, it says whatever things that are written are four times. He says they are for our patience, they are for our learning. That as we begin to look into these things, we begin to find hope. So which means everything that is written in the Bible was constructed so that in that reality that you have located, in that possibility that you have seen in the Bible, in that promises, that experience, it says there are four times written that as we open our eyes to see and we receive of that truth, it says that in that very particular scripture, it begins to produce hope. I declare upon somebody this morning one more time, the place where the enemy is fighting with your hope, Fighting with your faith, um, trying to truncate your manifestation and your beliefs. Uh, I come against them now in the name of Jesus. With that being said this morning, our anchor text this morning, Judges chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 40. 
It's a long read, but I promise you it's going to enjoy the service this morning. I promise you under heaven, you're going to enjoy it. Judges chapter 6 from verse 1 to verse 14. The Bible here says, it says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. It says, And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Midian seven years. It says, And the hand of the Midian prevailed against the children of Israel. It said, Because the Midianites, the children of Israel, made them the dens which are the mountains, which are in the mountains, cave and strongholds. If you look at this very particular scripture, which means there was a problem that has happened. The children of Israel, at that very particular point in time, God has given them a certain instructions for them not to raise the, what you call, to worship idols. And this is one of the things also that we need to also begin to understand. There are some certain blessings that God would have blessed you and I, but because of our, what you call, proclivity to the things of this world, we then begin to look at the things of the Spirit as not important, but now running after the things of this world, and we make the things of this world the God of our life. There are some of us who have made our job the God. There are some of us who have made our partner the thing that's supposed to be an added blessing. We have now made them to be a primary blessing. There are some of you, you've been praying, fasting, trusting God for marital settlement. Boom, the guy appeared. All of a sudden, your prayer life has gone zero. It was the same experience the children of Israel were facing at this very particular point in time. They left the place of God and they were now focusing on, for lack of a better word, on their own idea of what God is. By raising a, what you call, another altar of Baal. And so based on that, the consequence of their actions was the fact that they were now based on their sin. Hear me. God does not deliver men into sin. He doesn't. Because why? From his good posture as the father, he will not see his children going to put their hand in the fire and allow that fire to burn them. No. He's going to warn you. He's going to be able to, he will use everything possible within his, his availability resources to make sure that he routes you back. Just like the prodigal father, he can still stand at the mountain watching, when will my son come back home? That's the kind of love the father has for his children. But at this very particular point here, the children of Israel here, they've gone far. And the consequence of their going far was the fact that the enemy took advantage and buffeted them for seven years. It now says in verse 3, because I needed to give that example quickly. I needed to clear that part out. In verse 3, now it says here. Yeah. It says, and it was so. When Israel had sworn, the Midianite came up. When the Israelite had sown, the Midianite came up and the Amalekite and the children of the east. Even they camp against them. It says, and they camp against them and destroyed the increase of the earth. They thou come to Gaza and left no substance for Israel. No sheep, no ox, no asses. For they came up with their cattle and their tent. They came as grasshoppers for multitude. You see, for both and they both and their camel were without numbers. And they entered into the land and destroyed. And the Israel were greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. I want to address something this morning in this very particular scripture. There are people, there are some of you this morning, you have been laboring. You have been fighting. You have been battling. But all of a sudden, there is this spirit of the Midianite that waits for you to go gather your harvest. When you are supposed to enjoy the harvest, they come and they scatter it. For some of them, the Midianite spirit can be sickness. The Midianite spirit can be delay. The Midianite spirit can be procrastination. The Midianite spirit can be anything that wants to make you not enjoy the labor of your harvest. Ah, the Bible says as they go and they fight, as they, as they walk or as they sown, all of a sudden the enemy showed up. 
which is the Midianite spirit, and they came and collect everything that they've collected. I don't know, but in one minute, I want you to open your mouth and pray. Lord, every Midianite spirit uh, ganging themselves around me, I am born in Christ. The salvation of God is now my reality. Every Midianite spirit waiting for me to walk and come and show up and scatter my harvest. Lord, I put them to stop. Open your mouth this moment and begin to pray. Lord, I declare the spirit of the Midianite that is waiting for me to labor. Lord, the year is about to come to an end. I declare you spirit of the Midianite. You will not see my harvest. You will not see my crop. You will not see my children. You will not see my husband. You will not see my wife. I come against you this morning. In the name of Jesus. Every Midian spirit that wants to make me walk like an elephant. And eat like an ant. I curse you that spirit. Out of my life. Out of the ministry. Out of platform center. Out of Asia. Out of Luminata. In the name of Jesus. The Midianite spirit. Their job is to make sure that when you are laboring, they come to scatter. Their job is to make sure that as the door of opportunity opened for you, all of a sudden, some idiot or some ampara just showed up to frustrate your harvest. The job of the Midianite. Their business is to make sure that for as long as they are around your space, you will keep working, but yet you can't have the result to show forth. You will keep going to office 9 to 5 for some of you because you are very diligent. 7 to 6 p.m. And yet, by the time the month comes to an end, you cannot attest to what did I even do with the salary. It is sponsored by the Midianite. In just 10 seconds, I want you to put your mouth again. Lord, I come against the spirit. I say, you spirit, enough is enough. Your time is up over my life. My eyes is open to the truth. The reason why this is not working is because you are hanging around. I command you, leave my business. Leave my church. Leave my life. Leave my family. I command you out in the name of Jesus. Be out in the name of Jesus. I declare this morning that as you have prophesied, so shall it be for you in the name of Jesus. It now says in verse 7, let's continue in verse 7. It now says here, after they've been dealing with this very particular median spirit who has been fighting them for seven good years. It now says in verse 7, and it came to pass, when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianite. It says, and the Lord sent the prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Toss here the Lord of Israel. I brought you from Egypt and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I deliver you out of the hands of the Egyptians and out of the hands of all that oppress you. And drove them out from before you and gave you their land. He said, and I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not. He says, fear not the gods of the Amorite or whose land in which you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Before we continue this very particular verse 11 this morning, I want to address this very particular case also. At every man's life, hear me, God always sent his prophet to be able to unveil his plan, his season, and his agenda. But the devil has cheated many of us because of the lies that the enemy has projected concerning the prophet. Do you notice here that as the children were busy crying, God did not jump from heaven down. No, he sent the prophet. There are many of you this morning that this very particular message that is about to come, God has sent me into your life to tell you that go in this thy mind. Go in this thy strength. Go in this thy understanding of light that is currently on your inside. But here, if to the degree of how much you receive of that prophet will be determined by your reality and your experience you have in life. 
to the degree of how much you receive of a prophet will determine the experience and the reality that you experience on planet Earth. Because at this very particular point, God will always send his prophet. He will send his prophet. Your job is to be able to attest, is this prophet for me or not for me? Is this prophet for me or not for me? It now says in verse 11. Mm. Please hear me. I know that we live in a time and a days where nonsense has been happening around our space. Especially when it comes to the five-fold ministry. But my dear, stay encouraged. Even the Bible makes us to understand. It says, from among us will arise wolf. That should give you an encouragement for you to also to open your eyes of discernment. Who are the wolves among these ships? Because if you say from among us wolves will arise, then you should also understand that, see, the devil, the devil will not come from outside. It will come from within us. You know, my country, we have this very particular saying. We say, if the witch at home cannot kill you, the one outside can kill you. Never. If the witches and wizard in your house can't kill you, the ones outside has no, because the outside ones need a partnership with the ones inside to be able to get you. But if the ones inside can't get you, there's no way the antenna of the outside can be strong for them to find you. It's impossible. But I pray for somebody this morning who is struggling to receive the gift of prophet and apostle in our end time. I declare that that struggle be canceled in the name of Jesus. It now says in verse 11, we're going somewhere. In verse 11, it says, There came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak tree, which is in opera. It says that pertained to Joash the Abirite. And, the son of, and, the, and his son, known as Gideon, threshed weeds by the one press to hide from the Midianites. Can you imagine? The guy was walking, but here he was hiding. Because why? The Midianites are always there to reap harvest of a product they did not sow. He says, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and says, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. What does this begin to symbolize is when God wants to show up in a man's life. When God wants to show up in your life, hear me, God will never call you based on your circumstances you are currently experiencing. He will never call you on that. So which means just because people are calling you that you are a failure, you are, you are a prostitute, you are a maquips, you are this and that, but you know that you have changed. When God wants to show up in your life, he doesn't call you by your past. He doesn't call you by your mistakes. He has no business by your errors. He calls you from the standpoint of what he sees about you right now. Let me say this. Regardless of the fact that you are sitting in Toyando in one village, or you are sitting in Deep Sloot in one village, or maybe you are in Ajegula sitting in one, in, one, in one talk shop or one talk house, as far as God is concerned, he is looking at a mighty man or a mighty woman of valor. He is not looking at the weaknesses of what you are currently exposed to. He is looking at the strength of his investment that he has placed upon your life. And so when he showed up in the life of Gideon, he was calling Gideon based on the reality of what he has seen of Gideon, not what Gideon was currently experiencing. Do you notice that at this point, the Bible says that Gideon was hiding in the wine press. He was busy doing his business, he said, but he hid from the Midianite, a man that has the possibility of delivering the nation. But before that comes, he was hiding. The boy that was in the wilderness, tending his father's ship, was yet was the one that carries the power to be able to deliver the country from the hands of Goliath. Hear me one more time. Just because the odds are against you, does not mean that God is also against you. Hear me, I'll say it again. Just because all the odds are against you, does not mean that God is against you. Hear me, be encouraged this morning. I was sent by God to let you understand 
There are opportunities available for you. God has set treasures, inheritance, thrones, dominion. He has put possibilities ahead of you. And so because of that, he sent me to tell you today that just because your experience is currently what it is, he says, I should tell you that you are a mighty power. You are a mighty tools in the hands of God. Oh, I declare one more time. You are a mighty tools in the hand of God. In the name of Jesus. He says concerning him, he said, Thou mighty man of valor, in verse 13. And Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, when these, when, I mean, when all this befallen us, and when all his miracle which our father has told of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, delivered us into the hand of the Midianite. And verse 14. And the angel looked upon him and says, Go in this thy mind. He says, and thou shalt save the Israel from the hand of the Midianite. And have, and have I not sent thee? And he said unto him, O Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. I'll pause here. Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. Behold, my family is not the most recognized as far as South Africa is concerned. Behold, I do not have all the necessary opportunities that guarantees for me to be able to access that door. Behold, there are things of my past that is currently upon my life. Behold, I lost my husband and so because of that they said I killed my husband. Behold, there are things that I failed in my school and so because of that I cannot do this as if that was not enough. God, you don't understand. When I look at all my family history, I am the least of it all. And so because of that, nothing good can come out of my life. Do you notice that this was exactly the statement Gideon was saying to God? And yet, the angel did not bother. And the Bible says, and the angel answered and said unto him, you know, I like when God wants to walk with somebody. That regardless of your behold, regardless of your experience, regardless of your reality, your circumstances, they said to you that nothing good can come out of your life. My dear, let me say this. When people have given up on you or they said bad about you, be encouraged. Because even me, your pastor, I am in that reality. But yet, I show up every morning and say, Father, thank you for the opportunity for me to rewrite what the people are saying concerning my life. Oh, my dear, it is a good thing for you to know that you have enemies. Because that keeps you at edge for you to understand that your God must be manifest for their mouth to shut up. You have to be able to trust God to that extent. You need to be able to trust God. That for as long as they are going to be talking about your life, they tell you that nothing will show up in your life. They tell you that people are praying, you are also praying. What makes you think you are important? Tell them that you serve a living God and your time on earth is still as today is known to them. Tomorrow is still a mystery. They shall come and bow before your table. I declare that that becomes your reality in the name of Jesus. The Bible now says in verse 16, it says, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with you. And thou shalt smite the Midianite as one man. Ha! Do you see how much God believes in you, my dear sisters? Do you see how much God believes in you, my dear brothers, my family of rest? Behold, can you, sir? You shall smite the Midianite as one person. Behold, darling, you shall go into the business space and be able to conquer that mountain as one person. Because why? God's integrity is upon you to see that which he has said this month come to pass in your life. I pray one more time that your belief be open to receive this truth in the name of Jesus. He now says in verse 17, and he said unto him, if now I have found favor in the sight, he said, then show me a sign 
that thou talkest with me. He says, depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come thee, and bring forth my present, and he set, um, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou comes again. And Gideon went in and made a ready kid, and on living cakes and of an effort of flour. The, f- the flesh of, uh, sorry, the flesh he put in a basket, and put it in broth and pot, and brought it out into the, under the oak, and presented it. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, take the flesh and the unliving cake, and lay them upon the rock, and pour out the broth, and he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the fish and the unliving cake, and there arose a fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unliving cake, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. And when, God, when Gideon perceived that the angel of the Lord, uh, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen the angels face to face. And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Then Gideon built an altar unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet as an offering of the Abrithat. What does it mean there on that very particular place? It means that it gets to a particular point. I think I've preached this very particular message. I can't remember if it was last month or so. Where your ability for you to build your altar around your encounters. The Bible says concerning Solomon, I mean concerning Gideon. Gideon was able to build his altar. Because remember, there was a battle. His mind was troubled. There was a crisis in his nation. The Midianites are frustrating him. And when God revealed himself to him, the version of God in which he received was that version he built an altar. That's why he called it Jehovah Shalom. Which means that God might be Jehovah Shalom. He called it, hear me. If you will want to go to get the opportunities, go to get that very particular dominion, you must be able to trust the altar, which means your encounter of God, and build your life around that encounter. Many of us are praying with the encounters that we received of God, but yet we are not walking in that reality outside of it all. We have been praying. The Bible says here concerning Gideon. Gideon prayed. All of a sudden, the angel showed up, showed the dimensions of God to him. That dimension, he built an altar. And on the standpoint of that altar, he took that experience into the mountain place. And he was able to conquer all the media that were fighting him. Time will not permit me for me to go back. I, I, I will look for that message and post it across so that you guys can go back. I don't know if I preached it live here on online or maybe I preached it in Davidsonville. I'm still trying to think where I preached the message, but I know I preached it around of recent. Your ability for you to build your experience around your altar. Your ability to build around your altar. It now says, and it came to pass that same night. It came to pass that same night. It says, I'm reading verse 25 now. That the Lord said unto him, take thy father's young bullock, even the second bullock of the seven years old, and throw down of the altar of Baal, that thy father had, and cut down the grove that is by it, and build an altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of his rock, and um, in the other place, he said, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the grove which thou had cut down. What does it mean? It means that at this very particular point, for you to be able to route some certain possibility, you must be able to build your altars. Hear me? We live in a season and a time whereby darkness are going to be very strong. Hear me? Isaiah chapter 61 to 3 make us to understand very clearly. He said, gross darkness the people. He says, there is a bot, but light will shine upon his people. 
So, my dear, don't be discouraged of the darkness that you are currently seeing. It's a prophecy that's about, see, how do you know if the Bible is real when prophecies are not going to be manifested? So, when you see this darkness already coming out left and center, stay encouraged. That prophecies, in fact, that should, be your, that should give you a guidelines to believe God the more. Because that which he said over 4,000 years ago, we can currently still see the reality happening now. Then it will make you understand the authenticity of the God of the Bible that you are currently reading. Because why? Prophecy has to be fulfilled. And so a prophecy being fulfilled, you must strengthen your life by your prayer altar. There are some of us, we need to go back home and begin to repair our altars. Our altar that has been broken down. For some of you, your prayer life has gone zero. I don't know how you get to zero, but you know how you get to zero. Your prayer life is nowhere to be found. Your ability for you to trust God. Some of you are even in this service. Let me just go and hear what Darlington will say. Because you are not even coming because of you believe that God is going to speak through the prophet. Let me just, let me just go and see that. I will see what happens. Because why? Your altar has not been repaired. It now says also, ah, when he talks about that scripture, you remember he was talking about the whole stamp place of sacrifice. I think Monday I'll need to preach a, uh, preach a message called the mystery of sacrifice. But for today, I want you to understand that <clears throat> before we'll be able to see some certain reality happens in our life, it must come on the platform of sacrifice. You know, this is one message where a lot of pastors, my kind, will use it to exploit people's life. But hear me, there are mysteries that is embedded in sacrificial life. Let me use the word. When you have a life that is sacrificial to God, Anything for you is a porter to put possibilities. Anything. 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 It now says in verse 27, let me read 27 and 28, then the remaining one, I'll ask you to go read it down uh, because I need to get into my point this morning. 27, 28. It now says here, then Gideon took 10 men of his servant. Remember that he has already prayed. The angels has appeared to him and they've given an assignment to say, go in this thy might because I'm going to explain that later on. And also he has performed a sacrifice based on the altar of revelation that was revealed to him. And so based on that, we could see his next actions of faith. That he took ten men of his servant and did as the Lord has said unto him. And it was because he feared his father's house and the men of the city that he could not that do it by day. That he did not, I mean, but he did it by night. And he went, uh, what's it called? And when the men of the city arose early in the morning, behold, the altar of Baal was cast down, and the grove was cut down that was by it, and the second bullock was offered upon the altar that was built. What happened here? We see that Gideon succeeded in bringing down that very particular altar, built another altar, just to give you a, a wrap-up of what happened. After building the altar, which means erecting God's kind of altar in that very particular nation, the people at that very particular place now begin to fight and said to Gideon, why did you do this? This is the God we know. But here, the God in which you know has been causing you pain. People are exploiting you. People are taking advantage of your stuff. That which means you need to question that very particular God that was not happening. And so for Gideon, Gideon understood that if I have to move from this aspect, I must obey God's instructions in full for me to be able to see opportunities. For me to be able to enter into gates and influence. For me to be able to have the access of men and the gift of men. For me to be able to get into my thrones and dominion, I must be able to obey God in full. And he was able to repair the altar. And in repairing the altar, when you read from verse 33 downward, we get to see that Gideon decided to, for lack of a better word, decided to enforce his conviction by asking the Lord, Lord, if you know that you are sending me to this, please do this and do this and do that. And he, the angels of the Lord decided to do all that. He did all that because why? He wanted Gideon to have a conviction of what he's about to do. 
And so because of that this morning, I want you to understand that God is always limited to the possibility and capacity that you presented before him. God wants to do a lot of magnificent things in your life, but he is always limited to the possibility and capacity that you presented. If Gideon did not present a possibility of, I can do this, God would not be able to route the possibility through Gideon. There are many of us, we have a belief in our mind, but we can see by your actions that you really did not believe that that door of opportunity is open for you. You really did not believe that the inheritance that God has actually marked for you is actually yours because we can see that by your actions you take. Hear me? God is always limited. It is not the fact that God cannot do it for you. It's the fact that your limited possibility, your container you are bringing before God, God cannot walk with such a container. How do I know? It says in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 20 to 21. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 21. I want you to write it down. The Bible says, there is a but in a great house. It says there are vessels of gold and vessels of silver. Vessels of wood and vessels of some honors and some dishonor. But look at what it says in verse 21. It says, as much as in that great house, all this manner of vessel being presented. It says that great house is a reality. He said, but I can only do if you are willing to purge yourself, to make yourself of a capacity. There are many of us who want to rot possibility this end time, but yet we don't want to bring our container for God to be able to fill us up. And here, there are some of you this morning, your container is too small for God to rot the nations into your hand. Your container is too small for God to be able to give you the heart of men. Because why? You have not purged yourself of the previous container and, and be like Jabez. Lord, enlarge my territory. Which means I am coming with a container that is big. Create the space for me to find expression on this part. That was what Jabez prayed. Jabez was not praying to say, God, enlarge it for me outside of my own parts. No. Jabez knew the possibility he carried. He knows that I can fight. I can be able to pull down mountains, enter into space of influence, change the dynamics, write new narratives. And so based on that knowledge of what he has stretched himself into, he was now praying to God, Lord, create the space for this new me to find expression. That was what that very particular scripture was talking about, Jabez prayers. He was able to stretch himself. Gideon understand, I am a mighty man of valor, according to the angel. But now there is no space for me to show my skills. And so he was developed. Let me say this. Do you notice that it was not only Gideon that was there that was suffering that very particular pain with the Midianite? Others was in that same space. But Gideon was the only one who was ready to stretch himself. And I'm going to be giving you the acronyms of might very soon as to how he pulled that possibility. And so based on the fact that he was able to stretch himself, he was able to open his mind. He was able to study to show himself approved. Because if you notice, he was giving the angels some, some, some for lack of a better word, some, 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 some histories of what God has done. Is it not the God who delivered us from Egypt? Is it not the God who, which means that there's certain knowledge and information the guy carry. And so based on that reality, he said, ah, the angel, look, now I can trust you. I can see what you are saying here. So based on that reason, based on all this you are saying, because why? He succeeded in stretching himself. He says in verse 12, if any man therefore purge himself, he says he shall be a vessel of honor. He says, satisfy, meet for the master's use. Meet for the master's use. Meet for the master's use. Which means the master want to use you, but he can only use you according to the stretch that you are going to put yourself this season. 
God wants to give you all of the things that you are praying for, but you have not been able to stretch yourself to accommodate the reality or to create a space for God to find his manifold presence upon your life to route possibility for you. And so because of that, how far God will go with you is totally dependent on these very particular three things. How far God will go with you from the scripture we've just read. How far God will go with you is dependent on these three things. Number one, let's keep going. How far God will go with you is dependent on these three things. Number one, the encounter you have of God. The encounter you have of God. The encounter you have of God. Do you notice that for, for Gideon to be able to fight about when you read this Judges chapter 6 and read Judges chapter 7, take your time and read it up. Because of the encounter that Gideon has of God, he was able to go fight that very particular Midianite and reclaim his nation. For some of you, reclaim your business, reclaim your marriage. The enemy has come. There is one McWhips that is now fighting your marriage and you are sitting down hard and God is looking, ah, my dear sister. There is one guy that is trying to, to take your wife or to take your future husband. And you can see God said to you, that guy or that lady is my husband and husband or wife. And you are sitting down. If it will happen, it will happen. My dear, those kind of prayer does not work. Oh. Let me help you. It does not work. Those prayer of what will be, will be. Ah, that is, that is the good target of the devil to keep you in one spot. What will be, will be. It doesn't happen that way in this kingdom. It do, in fact, even both the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness, what will be, will be, does not exist there. You have to program what needs to be. You have to. What will be, will be. The enemy will not bring their own agenda upon your life. So you can't, you can't be like those lazy Christians that will tell you, no, what will be, will be. You know what God wants to do, he will do it. Ah, no, you enforce. Have you seen not in your Bible, they say, fight the good fight of faith. And so number one, the encounter you have of God. The encounter you have of God. If you have not encountered the God of the burning bush, hear me, you have no business appearing before Pharaoh. If you have not encountered the God of, your ability for you to encounter, God, who are you as far as this very particular aspect of my life is concerned? Many of us, we know the encounter of God the provider, which is Jehovah Jireh, but we've not understand the Jehovah Nisi. We've not understand the Jehovah El Conelo. We've not understand the Jehovah El Ephesi. There are those encounters that is available of God. Many of us know the God of one dimension. He is the God that can give me a bread. But you don't know the God that can protect you from the hands of evil. Yet all of that is still embedded in one God. But yet it takes your ability for you to encounter the multifaceted dimensions of God. For you to be able to have all kinds of rest. As far as the rested life is concerned in your life. Number one, your encounter of God. We can say in the Bible that... Throughout the scripture, men who create, who did marvelous things, they encounter God. Do you want to talk about Abraham? Abraham in the book of Genesis chapter 17 from verse 1 to verse 6, you can write it down. Genesis 17, 1 to 6, the Bible says, and the Lord appeared unto Abraham. And as he appeared to Abraham, the Bible says, and God changed his name. God, everything was, see, you can't, you can't appear before God that things does not change in your life. No, you can't. If everything that you've been doing before you gave your life to Christ, and you now encounter God and nothing has changed. My question to you, are you sure you really encounter God? Because there is no way you encounter God. Things must change in your life. There must be, there must be an editing, an adjustment that must take place in your life. There must be one. There must be. You can't be very angry, very bitter, very condescending, very jealous, very wicked. And you tell me you encounter God. No, you can't. If you encounter God, those things will drop out of your life. The Bible says concerning Abraham, when he encountered God, all of a sudden, this was a man that lacks. 
This was a man that was believing God for the fruit of the womb. But the moment he encountered God, everything around the space began to change. Because why? The man has changed. So because the man has changed, everything must change. Including opportunity, access, treasures, kingdom, dominion. Uh, what's it called? Being enriched and also being remembered for favor. All of the October acronyms was happening in the life of Abraham. Because why? He has encountered God. For us as platform, we call him the God of the rested life. Have you taken up your time for you to, to pray, Lord, this God of the rested life, who are thou? Show me yourself. Unveil the mystery of the rested life to me. And begin to watch God. Now you are praying encounter prayer. And boom, he appears. Is it not in your Bible where the Bible says, as the children of, the children of Israel, when the Midian was tormenting them, he says, and they cry unto their Lord. They were trying to cry for an encounter, Lord. This very particular shame and pain, it must come to an end. The same thing this morning for some of you. Your ability for you to cry and say, Lord, I need to encounter the God of the rested life. We are living in the days where there are too many stress. There is stress in my finances, stress in my career, stress in the work I do, stress in everything. Lord, I need the God of the rested life. Show yourself upon my life. And before you know what's going on, pop, he appears. Because why? He is a God that wants to make people encounter him. Abraham encountered God. We saw Peter also encountering God. Peter and his boys in the upper room, in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 1 to verse 14. Long read, you can read it later. But the Bible says that the moment that they encountered the person of the Holy Spirit, who was the dimensions of God, remember that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they were all one, but yet three multifaceted offices that they were all doing. But when they encountered the God of the Holy Spirit, the Bible makes us to understand that boldness was given to Peter on a platform of encounter. My question to you is this. What encounter have you encountered of God that guarantees your manifestations on planet Earth? You must encounter. It says in the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 8. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but you shall receive power. Indirectly, you shall encounter my power when the Holy Ghost come. And when you want to witness, the witness there doesn't really mean preaching the gospel. No. The witness there means the life of Christ being expressed through you. The life of Christ being expressed to you. The witness there, the life of Christ being expressed to you. He says, and you shall be a witness both in Jerusalem, which means where you find yourself. Judea, the place you are finding your gifted, finding expression. Samaria, the whole of South Africa, and the uttermost part of the earth, including the world. But it must come from a standpoint of encounter. Other men in the Bible that encounter God, one of them is called Moses. You know the story of Moses in the bush. When he encountered God, when the bush was burning, and yet, I mean, when the fire was on the bush, and yet the bush wasn't burning, he encountered God, and based on that encounter, he was able to attend to all the decays and the trouble that the children of Israel were facing in the land of Egypt. When he encountered the God of the burning bush, no wonder he was able to stand before the gods of Pharaoh, and he won their gods, because why? If you've not encountered God, don't show up before men. I was saying to my wife about a few days ago, we were both talking. I said, see, no man is ordinary. No matter how naive those men are, in this kingdom called earth, it is either you are loyal to something. You can't be ordinary if you are ordinary. Something must capture your reality. It must. That's why when I see people who are telling me that, no, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in Jesus, I don't believe in devil, I'm just a naturalist. I say, don't worry. For the fact that you've not believed, you don't believe in Jesus, you already have a camp. It's called the devil's camp. The devil does not need loyalty at all from man. He doesn't need loyalty. He does not. He just needs you to reject Jesus. You're already in his camp. You don't need to confess. Just reject Jesus or refuse to confess Jesus. You're already at the devil's camp. The day he will demand of you, he will come. And when he come, 
Hopefully, it's not too late for you to shout, Father, have mercy on me. Hopefully. We see Moses encounter God in the burning bush. We saw Gideon encounter God in the cave. We saw Paul on his way to Damascus. He encountered God also in that very particular place. No wonder these men were able to route possibility. You want to be able to route opportunities and do kingdom mysteries, arrange possibilities on planet Earth, you must, number one, encounter God. Number two, in fact, if I even say number two, when you encounter God, what are the things that happen in your life? Because I want to just give this so that, you, so that you know if you really encounter God. You know. You know, when my wife got married to me, when, I, when my wife got married to me, I got married to my wife. Whichever one, one of us got married to each other, so it's okay. When we got married, yeah, that's the English I'm looking for. <laughs> when we got married, one of the things that keep coming to my wife as an information was the fact that people were telling my wife, like, you married Darlington. So yes, you are brave, oh. <laughs> because why? There was a certain level of life I was living. I don't want to tell you the life. I'm very happy you know this version. That's okay. There was a life I was living. I don't, it was, I'll use the word, the longer short of it is I don't care life. I don't care life. It's all about the end result for me at that very particular point. And so based on that, I push myself into, I don't want to use the word some dark, this thing, but some element of being wicked was there. <laughs> I have to confess, was there. And so when they were asking her questions, Darlington, in fact, some of them even have the ghost to even tell me that if Darlington can be used by God, then the devil will still have hope. I said, ah, what nonsense is this? <laughs> it was that, but guess what? By the time I encounter Christ, Every of those things dropped off one after the other. Did they happen overnight? Hear me? No. They did not happen overnight. But as I keep unveiling myself before God, as I keep unveiling myself before God, all of those things begin to drop to the point now that <laughs> uh, I think my, my meekness is getting to the level of Moses because Moses, the Bible says he was the meekest man on planet. He's getting that to that very particular extent. But why? What, what changed that reality? My encounter of God began to prune some certain things out of my life. So when you encounter God, four things happen immediately. Number one, it positions you for the next by his empowerment. When you encounter God, you are then positioned for the next of God. For the next of God. You are positioned for the next of God by his empowerment. When Gideon encountered the angel, there was an empowerment that was sent to Gideon's life. That you can do this, thou mighty man of valor. Then when you encounter God, number two, it edits and modify your experience. It edit and modify your experience. We saw when Abraham encountered God, it modifies Abraham's experience to the point that Abraham was known as a man that was, there was no fruitfulness. But all of a sudden, when he encountered God, the Bible says that God edited his name and called him the father and the mother of many nations. And that experience becomes what they begin to live. When you encounter God, he edits your experience. He edits or modify your experience. Number three, when you encounter God, it fires conviction in you. It fires conviction in you. It fires. There's a level of conviction that you carry that nobody can tell anything about this very particular God anymore. You are so locked to the point that when you find yourself in front of Nebuchadnezzar, bow before the bow, you tell him, my friends, go away. What's your problem? It fires your conviction. Number four, when you encounter God, what happens? Is the fact that God injects his life into you, which means you begin to live a life of God, a life of dominion, a life of excellence, a life of fruitfulness, a life of multiplication, the kind of God state that he created man before man fell, better than that in Christ, you begin to reflect. 
So number one, when you encounter God, these four things happen quickly. Number one, it positions you for the next by his empowerment. Number two, it edits and modifies your experience. Number three, it fires your conviction. Number four, it injects into you the God life. So because of that, point number two, what happened? If you are to go in that mind, what must happen? It must be on the strength of your conviction. On the strength of your conviction. Remember that point number one, when you encounter God, it fires conviction in you. But now as it fires it, for you to be able to route possibility, it must be on that strength of your conviction. How convinced are you about that very particular thing you want to do? There are many of us, we, are, we have a knowledge base of what we want to do, but the conviction that sponsored that reality, we are far from it. Far from it. How convinced are you? Not motivated. Motivation is a, is a child's play when it comes to taking dominion. When it comes to, see, motivation is like, is like trying to eat food and you are not hungry. But when you are convinced, whether food is there or food is not there, you are not bothered. The end result, it's on that stretch, you run for the end result. So number one is the fact that you encounter God. Number two, the strength of your conviction. The strength of your conviction. The strength of your conviction. My dear, hear me. Babylon and the Midianite will question your encounter and make you attempt to fight you at the level you are going into. Babylon and, Mid and the Midianites, they will fight your encounters. They will fight your conviction. They will come and show up. You said God is a God of the rested life. And boom, your tired boss while driving to the office, they want to check your state of your heart. Say so you believe that your Redeemer lives. They will fight the strength of your conviction. They will. They will show up. Yeah. Just because God made the promise to you, received the promise, does not mean that the enemy is not going to test and to see if indeed you are really sure of what you are saying. They will test you left, right, and center. But it is the strength of your conviction that will help you navigate through those very particular dark roads. There are many of us now, we are currently in a heavy dark road. It's okay. My question to you is if I can find your conviction still standing. Oh yes, congratulations. You are about to come out of that darkness very soon. The strength of your conviction. The strength of your conviction. The strength of your conviction. Your conviction of your encounters will keep you going. The conviction you have of who God is will keep you going. It will keep you going. We get to see in the book of 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. <coughs> Sorry about that. 1 John chapter 1 verse 1. 1 John 1 1. The Bible says, it said, that which was from the beginning. It says, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, and which we have looked upon, and our hand has handled of the word of life. They were here making us to understand. John the writer was making us to understand that on the strength of what you see me do is based on this conviction that I have taken. Now, what strengthens conviction? Let's look at what strengthens conviction. What strengthens conviction? Because conviction can be strengthened. Oh, yes. Conviction, it can be strengthened. Conviction can be strengthened. So let's look at what strengthens conviction. We must have an understanding of what strengthens conviction. What strengthened conviction? Let's look at what strengthened conviction. Number one, what strengthened conviction here? From the scripture that we've seen is what have you heard? What have you heard? What you hear determines the strength of your conviction. 
If you hear failure of what you call difficulties, challenges, burden, anxiety, worries, that's why my job this morning, I'm very careful what I say to you this morning because why? What you hear this morning determines what you are going to experience out of life. What have you heard? Number one, these are the factors that strengthen conviction. What you hear, which means your ability to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Adolf Hitler got it right. Is it, as you know, um, Alvin Toffler, that's his name, not Adolf Hitler. Alvin Toffler got it right. Your ability to learn, unlearn, and relearn. There are some of you, the conviction of what you are currently running with, it is not strong. It is, there is no foundational basis in Christ. And yet you want to take opportunities in the mountain where the enemy has currently occupied. My dear, you will have to find yourself hearing the right message. What have you heard? The Bible says in John 1.1, 1, 1, it says here, it said that which we have heard. So which means there must be something you are hearing that guarantees your conviction with God. There must be something you are hearing that guarantees the business that you want to get into. There must be something you are hearing that guarantees that, for example, for some of you, what kind of opportunity are you hearing? That they say there is a lion in the marketplace, but yet all of a sudden there are product to sell. Are you hearing the lion or the product to go and sell in that place? Every mountain has been occupied. It will take certain level of conviction to arise from your bed and go to that mountain and face that very particular Goliath that is standing there. What are you hearing? What are you hearing? Number two, factors that strengthen conviction. Number two, what have you been seeing? What have you been seeing? John, make us to understand that the level of what you see, a man that they put, John, John, that guy, John the beloved, yo, I, I don't understand that guy. They, they put him in fire, put him in hot water, do everything to kill the guy. His conviction of who he is in God did not allow him to die. He did not. To the point that he was banished to the part, what's it called? To, to the mountain of Patmos. Okay, this guy, we've done all. He can't die. Let's just banish him. It was in that mount of Patmos. That was where John sat. He wrote the whole book of Revelation. The whole book. He writes it on a mountain. And yet he has gone through. What sustained him throughout that period was his conviction. My question to you, what, what is sustaining you this season? What have you been seeing? There are some of you, when you own your television, your television is speaking. Your television is showing you, ah, there is this thing that has happened. Economic is going down. This very particular thing. And because of that scene, it is now editing your conviction. And God said to you, my, your needs will be supplied according to my riches in heaven. But because you are seeing that South Africa is in junk state 2 or junk state 7 or no shedding 22. And all of a sudden, it is now beginning to edit your conviction because of the things that you are seeing. The things you are seeing. If you can control what you see in this kingdom, if you can control what you see on this earth, it determines how you are going to experience the manifested power of God. Number three, what strengthens your conviction is what you have been looking upon. What you have been looking upon. Now this, what have you seen and look upon, they are two different. The what have you seen is the picture you have. What are the picture you have of God, the picture you have of yourself, and the picture you have of life? That is on point number two. What have you seen? Now on point number three. What have you been looking upon indirectly? What had been your consistent focus? Now the looked upon is the fact that you gaze into that thing so well. To the point that when they, the only example I can use at this moment now is. The way I have so gazed on my post Kayan Coupe hybrid 2.2. It will take the host of heaven to remove that picture from me. It will. It will. 
It was so gay to the point that by the time my wife and, my, my wife and I were coming back from, from, from night out yesterday, we, we were parked at the garage because she needed to go get something inside. It was so gazed upon to the point that by default, the car I was driving had to park around my Porsche Cayenne. I almost feel like coming down, asking the man, oh boy, you are driving my car. Can you come down? <laughs> I was close to coming down. Me and the man were looking at ourselves on the glass like, <laughs> that's my car. <laughs> so I have to respect myself because I don't know what the guy has in this car. <laughs> what am I trying to say to you? I have looked upon, looked upon, to the point that your spirit man has captured it. Because what you see is on the sensual level. What you've looked upon is now on the spiritual level. Where your spirit man is one with that reality. You want to enter into the space of opportunity. Enter into the space where you begin to experience clarity. Enter into this place where you begin to experience treasure. Where you obtain what you call result. Where you begin to experience the blessings. And as if that is not enough, you begin to see enrichment from God. And men begin to remember you. You must have something you have looked upon that will create a reality to become for you. Number one, what have you been seeing? What have you heard? What have you looked upon? And number four, what have your hand handled? Some of you, your hand has handled failure. And so that is now currently telling you that your next business you are going to do is going to fail. Yes, I know the business failed, but it's okay. The event failed, not you. Not you. I remember by the time I was planning to do a particular event and stuff, and that event failed. Ah, it's, I didn't fail, the event failed. Because that same year, when that one did not work, I said, Father, to you be all the glory of my life. Thank you, Jesus. I opened another business again. And out of the business, I didn't know that as I was creating the business, I was creating my wife, the, the channel my wife will use to come and meet me. Because I have to be busy at the garden for my wife to find me. And for those of you who are still dating, who are, who are trying to look for a husband or wife to marry, hear me. If they are not busy in their garden, you have no business, go be busy with them. They must tell you what garden are you tending. Man must tend the garden. Man must tend. If they don't have any business they are tending currently, ask them. What future business are you going to tend? If they can't give you now, they can't give you future. My dear, run for your life. Run for your life. Run. If they can't give you a garden that they are tending currently, or a garden that they want to tend tomorrow, you have no business partnering with that man. No business. What have you handled of life? And so these four things, which means your physical experience and encounters. There are some of you who have experienced some certain bad stuff, and that has colored God in your life. Colored God. And if we look at it, based on that even experience we're talking, when we look at it really from the scripture, you were partaker of that very particular devil and God's hand was not involved. He wasn't involved in it. He was not involved in it. And so based on that, one of the things in which I put here, I say, until this is forming you, you cannot enter into the space of the world where you can claim your stake in there. You want to claim your stake in the world currently? You must, number one, hear stuff that is of God. You must see pictures that God would have painted for you through the scripture. And as he's painting the pictures through the scripture, you've heard me say this several times without number, that if you can't picture the future, you have no business participating in that very particular future. No business. Until you picture the future, you cannot feature in that future. Until you picture the future, you cannot feature in that future. What are you picturing? And when you picture the future so well, I am going out this week, opportunity is coming for me. I am going out this week, clarity is showing up for me. 
I am going out this week. Treasures of men. The gift of men. You picture it so well to the point that it has formed an image in your heart. Watch, watch the universe create a space to allow you to find expression. It is the picture you feel. I mean, it's the picture you capture that you have license to feature in it. If you cannot picture the future, forget it. Forget it. Forget it. We also saw when it comes to Daniel and the Hebrew boys, they were able to pull their conviction. They were able to go through the problems of life based on the strength of their conviction. They were able to navigate all the possibilities based on the strength of their conviction. Number one, remember, we're talking about what strengthens your mind is the fact that number one is the porter of your encounter with God. Number two, the strength of your conviction. Number three, your courage and your fearless ability. Your courage and your fearless ability. Your courage and your fearless ability. We get to see with this very particular passage here that we read. That the moment Gideon was able to encounter God. Which then strengthens his conviction. We saw the courage of him going to get the men. And if you read in verse Judges chapter 7. We saw where all of a sudden. In my mind I'm thinking a guy that was hiding by the cave. What kind of technology did he use? To gather 10,000 men. Haba. There must be, it must be based on a conviction and a God he has encountered that will make him that courageous and fearless. And showed up before a man, before men that he killed their gods. Remember that the Bible says that he destroyed their altar. But when these three things are at work in your life, your encounter with God, the strength of your conviction, your courage and your fearless ability, my dear, you can walk on waters. You can walk on fires and they cannot consume you. You can be like David at the end of the road. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm seeing cutlass and guns. I fear no evil. Because why? Your conviction and your encounter. It has sponsored courage and fearless ability. Number three. Your courage and your fearless ability. The Bible says concerning Paul the Apostle. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16 verse 9. He says here, For a great door is opened unto me. There are many adversaries. Paul recognizes that there are many adversaries, but there is a courage that he has encountered. That this adversary, I am so going to show up. I know that you say there is no contract, but watch me. I will keep knocking that door until the contract open. You don't like my face? Watch me. You will see me back again tomorrow. A fearless and a courage ability. In this kingdom where we are, if you don't have courage for anything, you will be coughed in one side. If you don't have courage for something, you will be coughed in one side. You will be thrown out like a garbage. The reason why many of us in this kingdom, we are not pulling possibility, is the fact that the level of our courage and the ability for us to be fearless, to show up before Goliath, we don't have that very particular instinct anymore. The instinct has been edited under the name of the grace message. Hear me? Grace is an empowerment to do. It's not a license to cough, to, to, to sit in fear. It's an empowerment to do. I tell people, you say you have the grace of God, we will see by the actions you take. Grace is an empowerment to do. It is not a license for lasciviousness or a license to just remain like a chicken. When you know that you are born a tiger, when you know you are born a lion, you have to be fearless. You have to be fearless. You have to be fearless. It says that a great door is open, but there are people occupying that land. A great marriage is open, but there are people trying to take my husband from me. 
a great opportunities to enter into the mountain of government and politics. But there are people currently now sitting in the ministerial and ambassadorial position. A great door is open, but it will take fearlessness for you to enter that door and tell you, oh boy, your time is up. Your, your, your boy, your boy, get, get out of here. Get out, get out of here. It takes fearless. It says in Proverbs chapter 22, Proverbs 22, 13, Proverbs 22, 12 and 13. Proverbs 22. I want you to see this thing called courage. Proverbs 22, 12 and 13. He said, the eyes of the Lord preserved knowledge. He says, he overthrown the words of the transgressor. He said, the slothful man seeth, there is a lion without, and I shall be slain in the street. There is a lion. He, look at the scripture. He said, a slothful man. Anybody who sees opposition and run back, the Bible has given you a class, you are slothful. Because the moment you see opposition, your mindset, I've taught you several times without number. The moment you see opposition, your mindset will tell you there's an opportunity there. Anything you are doing without a strong opposition, just know that opportunity is not there. Was it not in your Bible when Jesus was going over to Gadara to go and minister in Gadara? The Bible says when he was about to cross, there was a tempest of wind and water began to flow into the boat. When he managed to succumb that opposition, he got to the mountain there, pa, and he find a madman. What kind of, so as I'm coming to this place for business, a madman is what is welcoming me. There are some of you currently now, you are going into business. You are looking for opportunities, trying to find angles for you to express your gift. But you are seeing madmen, and you are thinking, Kai, if you are not strong, you will turn back and go back to where you are coming from. But even the madman of Gadara is an opportunity. I was saying to somebody, I think I was saying to my wife the other day, I said, see, many of us need to pray for madman of Gadara to appear. We need to pray. Lord, bring my madman of Gadara. That by the time I am finished with the madman, he will go and announce my possibility. Do you know that Jesus was not afraid of the madman of Gadara? He confronted the opposition presented before him. And because why? He knew that this madman of Gadara carried possibility that he needed. So sometimes your opposition, right in that opposition, there are opportunities present in it that you must be strong enough to say, madman, I can edit some certain things out of your life because in you, this madman, there is possibility of it. What does that mean? You may be in a company now working and there is a boss that doesn't like you. Classify him as a madman of Gadara and trust God to open your eyes. What angle can I enter in this man's life? What angle can I enter in this woman's life? What angle can I enter in this boss life? This man does not want to favor me, but I must be an angle. God, show me. Because why? You understand that you are not fearless concerning this madman, but you're only looking for opportunity on how to enter and penetrate the heart of the madman. When you find opposition and difficulties, my dear, celebrate. In this kingdom, we have been given victory to overcome, but it will take you facing opposition for that overcoming to become a reality. The madman of Gadara. The madman of Gadara. Until, you, until your fear is dealt with, possessing your land of opportunity will not be in view. Until your fear is dealt with, possessing your land of opportunity will not be in view. It takes fearless faith to face your Goliath. It takes fearless faith to face your Goliath. It takes fearless faith to confront Pharaoh. Pharaoh, yes, I know that you have your gods and you have the, the magicians and the demonic incarnate that are backing you up, but that is a faith that I carry. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. I have God fear in me and so therefore watch me. I will pull you out of your mountain. Because why? You understand that you are fearless. You are courageous. It, has, it, it will also take faith. I mean faith. I'm sorry. 
the ability for you to be fearless, for you to look at the Babylonians and look at Nebuchadnezzar and tell Nebuchadnezzar, nah man, I'm not bowing down to this. You may fire me today, but watch, you are not the owner of my soul. The God who put you there, he's still the monarch of the universe. He can remove you at any point in time. And yet you leave that office with your dignity and watch the host of heaven say, what? What did you just say there? So you trust us that we can deal with this man. And all of a sudden, while you are carrying your bag to go to the office because they give you that letter, then God now opened a door of opportunity for you. Boom! You enter into a new space. Three years down the line, the man, you find him on the street and you look at him, you say, you don't touch God anointed and you don't face a trouble because why? Your courage invoked God's possibility. See, do you know that it was the fearlessness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that pushed God to come down before... Do you know that those boys, they enjoyed salvation before salvation was given to man? And it was on the portal of number one, their encounter with God. Number two, the strength of their conviction. And number three, they were fearless. If it has to be done, it is up to me. In this kingdom, we don't try. We do. We go in and do what needs to be done. Opposition notwithstanding. Circumstances notwithstanding. Difficulties notwithstanding. Challenges notwithstanding. But because of the God on your inside you've encountered, the strength of your conviction being empowered, you enter there courageous and fearless. And you begin to change things. Begin to rewrite narratives. Let's look at this scripture. This scripture quickly. As I begin to give you the acronyms and bring my service to a close. The acronyms of mind. Let's look at the scripture quickly. Ah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this service this morning. Hear me as I'm preaching this. I'm also preaching to myself. There are possibilities that... I used to what one of you knows that I want to push. The enemy is trying to just talk some certain things and, and, and some certain, certain things we're trying to put. I said, no, never. I was born for this. There are possibilities on my inside that the enemy will not shake me out of this very particular space. I refuse to be by the backside of life when I know that there is a position for me at the top. Yesterday, my wife and I were watching a particular program on Netflix. This, I forgot the name of the title and co. That your ability for you to confront your winning strategy, you must be able to face your position and if possible, bring them down. Bring them down. Bring them down. Your, your mindset must be, I am about to win this thing. And if I'm going to win it, anything at stake that wants to be on my way from winning this thing, my dear, you will be down as far as my life is concerned. It was a story of Kobe, the, the late Kobe. And I think one of them also was Michael Jordan and stuff. But, you, and I was saying to my wife, see, that's a certain, these are the things that I'm missing in the church. We tell you everything is grace, grace. My dear, grace without your fearlessness, you will die poor, die broke. I'm sorry, I'm telling you the truth this morning. This is a gospel that we've edited and we are telling you that, you know, just pray, just fast. And after then, just, just chill. No, after pray, you fast. After your sacrifice and all the kingdom things, you appear before your Nebuchadnezzar. You appear before Pharaoh. And if possible, punch Pharaoh in his head and let him know, oh boy, I came for everything. And not for something. I came to collect my marriage, my business, my ministry, my career. Everything that matters to me. That guarantees that my joy be full. I come for it. This is one of the things that is lacking with us in majority of the believer's life. The ability to be fearless. You face opposition head on. Not, not, you don't you go and pray. You don't pray when the Goliath is standing with a knife. No. You don't pray when the fire is about to burn. You don't pray. You don't pray. Your conviction and your fearlessness determines if the fire will burn you or not. You don't pray when you're about to be thrown in liar's den. It takes conviction and your fearlessness 
to shut the mouth of the lion. But that can also be developed by you. It has nothing to do with God. How do I know? Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Deuteronomy, your enemy, chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. It says, there arise. It says, take up your journey. God is saying to somebody this morning, arise. It is time for you to arise from that obscurity. It is time for you to arise from that smallness. It is time for you to arise from that short-sight-mindedness. It is time for you to arise and stop allowing the devil to, to wipe you out of the opportunity that is available for you. He says, arise and pass over river Anon. He said, behold, I have given it to thy hand. God is saying, I've given you the business. I've given you the opportunity. I've given you clarity. I've given you the treasures. I've given you the ability for your manifestation to be obvious. I've given you the ability for you to be blessed beyond measure. I have enriched you with all possibilities. And you shall be remembered. But all of that is wrapped up on one action word this morning. Your ability to arise. He says, arise and take up. It has been given into your hand. He says now, and, and it's like, he says, and begin to possess. As he said possess, he says, and contend with him in battle. He now says in verse 25. He said, this day I will begin to put a dread of thee and a fear of thee upon the nations. And, and that under the whole heaven, he said, who shall hear the report of thee and shall tremble and be anguished because of thee. Which means God has encompassed a possibility of fearlessness on your inside. The thing that you are afraid of is also afraid of you. Oh yes. Oh yes. I came this morning to challenge you like Jesus. To challenge you as God. The things you are afraid of is also afraid of you. The reason why you are going through that doubt, that, that, that thinking, hey, Shmara, can I succeed? Is because the enemy knows that if you show up, you will succeed. And that's why he's telling you all that lie. That no, you know, you came out from the Zulu. Your family is not the king. You are a Kosa person. You came out from Grahamstown. Or maybe you are from Nigeria. You were born in the middle belt from Kogi State. That, those are nonsense. I posted a message, I think about a few days ago. I said you did not exist from earth here. You exist, you were sent from somewhere on, I think, I think, it, I think it was on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, WhatsApp group. The, the family of rest. You were sent from somewhere. You were not from here. You, you just arrived in South Africa. For me, I just arrived in Nigeria to be sent from Nigeria to my world. My arrival was Nigeria, but I was not from Nigeria. I was from the eternal, what's called eternal state of God. That was, I existed there. The only way I came on earth and my name called Darlington Steve was to be able to give me a name to find an expression on planet earth. But hear me, I am not from earth. I came to do business on planet earth. I came to dominate. I came to rule. I came to govern and challenge somebody this morning under the sound of my voice. That devil that has lied to you. That because you were born in Zulu. Because you were born in Nigeria. Because you were born in Ghana. Because you were born in Ethiopia. And all of a sudden it has colored your reality. I cast that spirit out of your life. In the name of Jesus. Be fearless. Be fearless. Be courageous. Be fearless. Be courageous. Be fearless. Be courageous. There are some certain steps you will begin to take after this morning service. Be fearless. Be courageous. There are some certain doors you need to go back and re-knock. Be fearless. Be courageous. There are some certain people you need to remove from your life. They've caused you pain. Be fearless. Be courageous. There are some certain people that you need to end your relationship with them. Be fearless. Be courageous. Go ahead. Because why? This day, hear me under this morning service. We are activating the spirit of courage and the spirit of fearlessness so that you can go because why God is investing the people to fear you. The people to fear you. Now let's look at something before, we, before I give you my point this morning. 
Let's look at something that was very important. The Bible says that in Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 25, I mean verse 24, he says, I have given him his land. He said, begin to possess and contend in battle. What does it mean to contend? Let's look at it quickly. What does it mean to contend? That as tough it means to contend. What does it mean to contend? Number one, in contending with you to get your land, to get your opportunities, to get everything that you needed. Number one, you must have a high level spirituality. High level spirituality. Your ability to understand that I was sent from a particular source. What is that source? The God source. Your ability to be high level in your spirituality. High tensioned. Do you know that no matter how a witch is, they can't land on a barbed wire. I don't know how to describe barbed wire. Good. It's called Escom Terminal. You know where that place that Witch, no matter how witchy they are, they can't land there. They know. You land there, you, you crash land. And that's how we are as a believer. You are high level tension wire. You are the one that does not know. That's why the enemy is landing on your head. You are, if you know your level, the devil will not land on your finance. The devil will not land on your business. You must have a high level spirituality to understand that, oh boy, you touch me, you die. Case close. I am coming with a fire from God. He says, and begin to contend with him in battle. In contending, number one, high level spirituality. Your place of prayer, you must repair that place. Your place of fasting, you must. See, fasting is not optional. I know in platform church, we do it first, second, and third. For some of you, every Monday, lock yourself in for fasting. Every, a week must not pass without you denying yourself. You are in a battlefield. You are contending with him. You are contending with the players in the industry. You can't, you can't show up there just anyhow. No, no, no. The Bible says concerning Jesus, as often as he, which means he was fasting and praying. It was an often thing with him. And yet, this was the son of the most high God. He was the word that created everything. But he understood that on this dimension called earth, there must be a level of high spirituality. And that can be generated on an altar of prayers and fasting. Number two, for you to contend with him in battle, you must understand your position in Christ. The fullness of the Godhead in me rested bodily form. For as Christ is, so am I. In him I move, in him I have my being. You must understand your position. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The dead, darling, and Steve, the, the one you know before, it has gone. I was saying to my wife, my new acronym is called I die. Because why? You don't know me. The one you think you know, this one is a mystery before everyone. Because why? I have my understanding of my position in Christ. You must have that understanding. Who are you in Christ? Who are you in Christ? Are you a chicken or a lion? Are you a goat or a tiger? Who are you in Christ? You must be able to understand that part. If you have to contend with him in battle, you go on the back of your, you know, I like your position. This position in Christ, it was exactly the same thing that happens when David wanted to go and fight Goliath. Do you notice the question that in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17, do you notice the question that Saul asked David? He asked him, of which house are you coming from? He says, I'm coming from the house of Jesse. Indirectly, Saul was trying to understand what covenant backs you. What covenant is backing your coming forth to this place? And when J Saul understands that there's a covenant of God in the house of Jesse, he cleared the road for him. You can go. You can go. Number three, you want to contend with him in battle? You must be able to assess angelic assistance. Angelic assistance. These are portals that was given to us as a believer for us to route all manners of possibility. Your ability to access angelic assistance. Angel Do you notice that as Gideon was praying, the angels of the Lord appeared to him. 
assisted him to show him his new identity. For us, currently now, we have the Bible, the presence of the Holy Spirit, to be able to interpret who we are. The access to the ministry spirit. The access to the ministry of the angels. They are the ministering angels given to us as heirs of salvation. Many of us are not engaging our angels. You wake up in the morning, you just go, poo. You are like Escom. You just go. And all of a sudden, you wonder why all the nonsense happened in your life. No. 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 Number four. If you want to be able to contend with him in battle, number four, your ability to invent. Your ability to invent. In inventing, the ability for you to come with a creative edge and your own solution strategy. Many of us want to go content. See, there are some certain battles you are fighting. After you finish praying, fasting, doing all the top three that I've said, you must come with a witty ideas and invention that will shut the people who are in the marketplace. The reason why the church at the moment now, hear me and hear me well, we are not performing to the peak at which God has given us is because we are not bringing solution to the marketplace that the world will know that we are not dumb and stupid. There is a solution that the church can route. If anything will show up, we will tell the president, you can't close the church anymore. Because why? The president will understand that, oh boy, these guys, they are pulling possibilities. Let me say this and say this to you very well. When COVID was happening, when doors were locked, there are some certain sects of the religion, their door was not locked. You know them. I don't want to mention the name. Their door was not locked because why? There are level of, for lack of a better, there are level of supply and solution they were creating with the government. That the government could not, they, the government came out and said all religious circles be closed. They did not close. Hear me? They did not close. We have some of them here in, our, in my area west. They, they, their door was open, but the church door was closed. Why? Guess what? As they were busy parambulating when those soldiers were going, closing church door, they passed those guys. They passed their own religious, what you call place. They didn't close their door. They did not. Why? They understand that it's not just about praying and fasting. It's also added with praying and fasting. We must be able to trust God to create inventions that shut the mouth of the devil. Invent creative edge. The ability to come up with solution strategy. Many of us, if I ask you, in that company that you are working, what idea have you brought on the table that can give the company an edge and yet you are there? The company is currently losing money and they are putting your name for firing. And you are not trusting God, your company. No, I'm going to go, I'll go and look for another job. No, it's not a time to look for another job. It's the time for you to bring a creative edge and let them understand that I know I pray, I fast, but there is a thinking capacity. There is a grace and edge of solution, just like Joseph. I know that the country is about to go into decay, but watch me give you a 14 years plan that after that 14 years, then we will come back again and begin to make harvest. Joseph was able to come up with that invention and strategy. What invention are you inventing? What strategy? For example, I said something a few days ago. The first word your God says was create. His statement was creating stuff. What are you creating? If your life is not creating anything, then opportunities can't be provided for you. If your life is not creating anything, forget about the acronyms of October. It is not part of your portion. There are selected few that these acronyms of October belongs to. These are people who says, number one, I'm going to operate on a high level of spirituality. Number two, I understand my position in Christ. Number three, I have access to angelic assistance as I knock the door. And number four, I am coming with an ability to invent and to bring a creative solution and an edge that makes me stand above all. With that being said, ah, ah, time is really running out. Let's quickly go. You know, ah, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. I'm angry for me raising chickens. 
I said to God, I said, God, even though you give me 10 people in this commission that are going to be solid and grounded, we will change South Africa for good. We will change this nation. I know you will say, but Darlington, you, you have a bold mouth. Yes, it's my mouth. I'm confessing what I want to see. We will change South Africa. And God give me few of you, even though it's 300 of you. My dear, we will rewrite African narratives. We will go to sit in AU and ask them, these 2063 things you guys put, it's not going to work. The other day, my wife and I were, we were, we were, we were searching something. And I discovered, I said, we, go, we are going to be 70 something years old. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> you know, when I look at this African free trade, what, what, what they put on the table. From today, today, to 2063. Is, is this 63 or 65? Somebody remind me. I'm trying to remember. From today to 2063 or 65. Ah, you see? I think it's about 40 years. So which means indirectly they are telling me, Darlington, all of you listening now, add 40 years to your age. That's when African Union is telling us that we'll be able to have free access to work in this continent. Fort I bet you some of you guys will not even be alive. And yet that's what they are, my dear, the church has to arise. Now I'm trusting you to join on this very particular bandwagon. Let's change the narratives. Let's change the narratives. Let's change the narratives. Let's change the narratives. Quickly, let's look at this. Judges chapter 6 from verse 12 to 14. My anchor scripture. Remember, I'm back to Judges. I want to give you these five acronyms and I'll be out of your face. I'll be fasting this one. I just came this morning to provoke somebody to make you understand that if it has to be done, it is up to you. And in doing that, number one, you must encounter God. Number two, the strength of your conviction will make you stay even when the position is available. Number three, your ability for you to be fearless and be courageous. Ah! No wonder we get to see when Jesus, I mean, when God appeared before um, what he called Joshua. He said to Joshua, he said, see, I have given you everything. He says, be thou strong and be very courageous. It will take courage for anything to happen in your life. Courage. Courage to look at lion and yet you are telling lion, you can't eat me. Courage to look at Goliath and tell Goliath, I don't care whether you are coming with shield and with butler with everything. I will come with my catapult and I will use my catapult and I will fight you with it. Courage. Courage will make you use your mouth to win the victory, even when you don't have any weapon at your side. I said to somebody, I said, see, in this world, you must have two things. And if you don't have two things, make sure you have one and have it well. Number one, you must have money. Money controls. And if you don't have money, please hear me, have mouth. Have mouth. The both of them is in the scripture. Is it not in your Bible? The Bible says money answered all things. It says, but the love of it is what is evil. But hear me, money is good. It answers everything. There are some of your prayer, if we vet your prayer, 90% of your prayer is backed by money. Money. Backed by money. answered all things. Then we now come again to the book of Luke. The Bible says, it says, I will give you a mouth. So which means mouth is a weapon in this kingdom. I will give you a mouth. So if you don't have money, have mouth. At least have something. You can't just be without having nothing. Hapa. You have mouth and you are quiet. Person is, people are running your life down. Oh boy, talk your talk. I talk my talk. We will now meet which talk will answer. Have mouth. Have mouth. If you don't have money now, hear me. If you don't have money now, have mouth. Go and develop mouth. They talk, you talk back. It's okay. They tell you a failure. Who said? Plus you minus me. It's not possible. It's your mouth. Talk it. Talk your talk. There are some of you who don't have money, you don't have mouth. And you're wondering why your life is still in your body. My dear, have mouth. Oh. For now, go and find mouth. Borrow. God says, I will give you a mouth and a wisdom. That your enemy will not be able to gainsay or contradict. It's in your Bible. 
So it means God can give mouth. He can give mouth. <laughs> I beg you. Let's read scripture. Let's close. Let's close service. Let me give my five point quickly. The Bible says in Judges chapter 6, verse 12 to 14. Ah, Judges 6, 12 to 14. Judges chapter 6, from verse 12 to 14. It says here, <laughs> say, And the angel appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord be with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then is all this befalling us? He said, where is all these miracles that our father has told us? He said, did the Lord not bring us out from Egypt? Has he now forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites? And the Bible says something in verse 14. Let's look at verse 14. Because that's where my anchor scripture, to give you my five points and I'll be out of your face. The anchor scripture, it says, and the angel looked. They looked there. Do you know why the angel looked? It's because the angel was shocked. And he now says, Upon this very particular level of questions that you have asked me, all these things you've said, he said, go in this thy might. He says, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianite. What does it mean, number one? When the angel says, go in this thy might. Remember the title of this morning? Go in this thy might. What must be in thy might for you to know that you can go? What must be, and if it's not there, we're going to pray it. You will get it today so that you can go in that mind. Go in this that mind. Number one is the fact that for you to be able to enter into the space of going to conquer your mountain, you must understand the mystery and the mastering of who I am. The mystery and the mastery. The MDM means the mystery and the mastering of who I am. Indirectly, we see that in the book of Exodus chapter 3 from verse 13 and 14. Exodus chapter 3, 13 and 14. The Bible said that unto Moses, that when Moses was about to go deliver the children of Israel in the land of Egypt, the Bible says that all of a sudden, Moses asked a very inter interesting question. Who do, who do I go and tell these people that you are? The Bible says, and God said, I am that I am that sent you. What does that mean? The I am of the version you capture can be what you use in the marketplace. The I am. So which means your ability to master the mystery of who I am. Of the who God is. I'm not talking about Darlington now. Of the I am that I am. Your ability for you to master that mystery. It's a mystery. I am that I am. Indirectly, what of me you receive and capture will become your reality. He says, go and tell them I am send you. Which means I am. What you call a, a victory. I am success. I am promotion. I am increase. I am high flight. I am open door. He says whatever of the I am you receive. Say that is how it is. So when the angel was saying to um, Gideon go in this thy might. He said for this mystery of who God was. Because remember he was talking is it not God who deliver? Who do this? Who do this? So there is an I am version of the deliverer that Gideon captured. No wonder he was able to deliver the children of Israel when they were captured by the Midianites. Because why? He captured the dimensions of the I am that delivers. Adibi, he captured the dimension of the I am that restores. He would have been able to restore all. But he captured the one that delivers. And all of a sudden, on that I am portal of the deliverer, he took it and he go in that might of a deliverer that God is to him. Ah, I pray for somebody this morning. As you are about to enter into your marketplace... The I am that would answer to that very particular trouble. Receive the grace now in the name of Jesus. 
I declare that your eyes open her to be able to pop your own I am. I declare that right now as I'm praying and prophesying, your I am be revealed to you in the name of Jesus. He says, go and tell them, I am sent me. I am sent me. One of the things I put, I say, until you know what God is to you, the power is limited to confront what is ahead of you. Until you know what God is to you. For example, I call him my El Conelo, the God that sees me in my corner and yet decides to present me before people. I call him my El Ephesi. That is the God, the I am I know. The God that sees me in my, my El Ephesi, the God that decides to display me in the front of my enemy and he crowns my head with favor. That's my God of El Conelo and my God of El Ephesi. How does that two word came? I don't know, but it was on the point of encounter of the I am of who God is to me. What is your I am of God? What is your I am of God? It is your I am that determines whether you will confront the battle or the battle will confront you. Whichever one, you determine that very particular point. I am. I am. And guess what? God sent us prophet and apostle at this end time to help you make this message very simple. So that as you go to your office, for some of you, you need to wake up and carry your proposal. Finish that very particular project. Write it down because you now know the I am. For some of you, I am that finishes project. I am that start the business. I am that make this work. The, whatever the I am is to you, it is what you will react when you get to the front of the battlefield. Point number two. What is the mystery that sponsors go in this thy mind? There's a mystery that sponsors it. Number two, the fact that the idea means your ability for you to have insight and information about things. Insight and information about things. Do you notice again back with Gideon? When Gideon was in that very particular cave, hidden from, he was informed about the reality of what is happening in his life. Gideon wasn't just praying. He knows what is happening. He was praying from a standpoint of information, from a standpoint of insight, which means the depth and the knowledge of things. There are many of us, we want to do stuff. We don't have the full depth and the full understanding of why we even want to do it. And yet we're wondering why opportunities are not breaking for us. No, you must understand your depth of insight, your depth of information. See, we live in an information age. You can't be I do when it comes to this world. You can't. You can't be. I said to my wife, I said, one of the greatest pain that I would not want to experience is to experience the pain of not knowing. Ah, that thing can kill you. The pain of ignorance. No, that thing is worse than HIV AIDS. I don't care. The pain of being ignorant is worst. I remember, I don't want to say some certain things. Uh, my wife and I, we were trying to, for lack of a better word, we were trying to find out some certain information about, about something that has to do with our electricity. <laughs> ignorance is not good though. <laughs> uh, no matter how ignorance, how street lights, I will not stay there. I, I promise you. Let ESCOM chooses not to put, not to have low shedding in the ignorance department. I will never be in that department. Never. I would rather prefer for me to be in a department where there is no light. But I will have insight on how to bring light out. Because ignorance is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a disease. Many of us, we are stagnant because of lack of information and insight in the dealings of our works of our hand. If I ask you now to give me five different angles of how to make the possibility of your work you are doing now, five, can you? Insight and information. To finish that story, all of a sudden, by the time 
what you call? By the time, um, what you call, we were trying to say, okay, let's go get an electrician for the electrician. And guess what? One of the guys said to me, no, no, we'll find the thing for you. You will pay. <laughs> we said, okay, no problem. We were even calling the guy for the guy to come and help us get it. But guess what? What we were looking for was literally in front of our eyes. We punched that thing every day. And yet, we didn't see what we we're looking for. Ignorance. When that thing popped out, I checked my wife and said, babe, we have to fight this thing called ignorance. We will fight it. Anything that we need to know to give us an edge in this edge, we must pursue it. Pursue after knowledge. Pursue after knowledge. The Bible says concerning Gideon, Gideon knew the problem they were facing. And no wonder the angel now said to him, in this information and this insight that you have, remember point number one, in the mystery of the God that you now know, and number two, the insight that sponsors your questioning, he says, go. Go. You want to go. What insight that sponsors your next move? What information that you have about the things that is happening currently in your mountains? If you don't have any of that, my dear, you have no business to go in that might. Otherwise, you will go there, the market will beat you back, and you will come back complaining that the God of rested life is not working. That's why God constructed this message for somebody today. You want to go? You must have insight. One scripture. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 24, verse 3 to 6. Proverbs 24, 3 to 6. You can write that down. And also write down 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. 1 Chronicles 12, 32. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles, it says for the children of Issachar, it says that this guy has understanding of times. Do you understand? If I ask you a question, do you understand the times we are in in South Africa? Do you understand it? There are some of the business you should not do now. You should do it probably in the next three years. There are some business you want to do now. That business has expired four years ago, and you want to bring it now. And you are wondering why. Insight and information. You must trust God. You must pray yourself for insight. Gideon was not lacking. He said, for these men, they understand the times and what they should do. Which means they know what they should do now and what not to do now. They know. Proverbs chapter 24, because that's where I want to go. Proverbs 24, 3 to 6. I'm reading from the NIV. He said, true wisdom is a house built. He said, by understanding is the house established. So you can build a house by wisdom, but it takes understanding for that very particular house to find expression. There are some of you, you are building stuff in your memory, in your mind, but for that thing to be able to become physical, it has to come from a standpoint of understanding, which is being formed by insight and information you have. It says also, it says, and by knowledge are the room filled with precious, pleasant riches. He says, a wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increaseth in strength. You want to increase in strength? Pursue after knowledge. The last time you've updated your certificate was the day you came out from matric. No, you, ca you can't work like that, not in this time and age. The last certificate you have was your matric days. And you think that the world will look at you and hand over systems of government into your hand. No, you don't qualify. Update your certificate. Update your learning. You may not have certificate. There are, there are what you call online platforms scattered across. Go update yourself with stuff. Go do three-month course, two-month course on the career that you are currently pursuing. Insight and information. Go. Pay the price. Understand the markets in this. Understand what is trending. He says there so. He says, he says, by knowledge of the room fills with precious things. He says also, verse 6. He says, for by a wise counsel, you will wage your own war. Wise counsel. The ability for you to hear wisdom, to hear counseling. He says, and a multitude of counselors say there is safety. Quickly, point number three. What must, must happen if I have to go in this mind? Number three, 
is what I call the attitude of gratitude. Your ability for you to be grateful. Indirectly, it means appreciation for where you are, regardless of the circumstances. Gideon was very appreciative. God, we know that you have brought us thus far. But where we are here currently now is not where we're supposed to be. Lord, show us mercy. The same thing also applies to David. David understood the mystery of gratitude before God. Do you notice that by the time he showed up before Goliath, he knew that God delivered him from the lions and the bears and the tigers and whatever. And he gave God, he was so grateful to God. At the time he showed up before Goliath, God was like, for you to be grateful to me this way, I would open that stone that you have killed with, I will use it to bring this guy down. I want you to bring it down. You must understand the attitude of gratitude. I know that, yes, you don't have fish in your fridge, but at least you have water there. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. There are people in South Africa currently, they don't have water. You have. Thank God for the water. You don't have fuel, but your car is still packed. Thank God I have a car. You are complaining that things are not going well in your marriage, but at least you are married. There is no Marquette fighting your marriage. Thank God for that. Your partner may not be doing well and stuff. There are people who are looking for that kind of partner to be in their life. Okay, thank God, Lord, I'm grateful. The attitude of being grateful to God. James chapter 1 verse 2. James 1 verse 2. He says, my brethren, count it all joy. Don't be angry about things. Count it all joy. When you find yourself into various temptations, count it as a joy. 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 No wonder we get to see in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. My time is running out. I need to be fast now. 2 Corinthians 2, 4. He said, now, thanks be unto God who always caused us to triumph. Thanks be to God. Lord, things are not working, but I'm grateful for the ones that are working. Lord, I know that these very particular things that are fighting me here now, but I'm grateful for the ones that you have fought, you have fought for me. There are battles that you fought while I was sleeping. My alarm sometimes did not even know, forget to even ring, but yet you still, you still, you still kept me alive. Lord, I'm grateful. Attitude of gratitude. Attitude of, before you complain, thank God for the ones you already have. Because when you don't thank God for the ones you already have, you've just lost that one with your complaint. The one that is already on your hand, you lost it. That's the mystery of gratitude to God. You must learn. You must imbibe the attitude of gratitude. Oh, you don't want to hang around me. few minutes. Before I know it's going to, thank you, Jesus. Father, I'm grateful. Lord, I'm thankful. Your mercies endure forever. Thank you for new mercies. I keep, I keep saying that. It is now becoming a default in me. You may not like me saying it. That's a problem. It's my mouth. Because I know the mystery that sponsors gratitude. Point number four, quickly. What is again that you must be able to imbibe in you going in the power of this might? Number four is what I call, which is the H part, is the power of honorable questions. The power of honorable questions. What kind of questions? See, we live in a... What's called in the society now whereby people don't ask questions. They just complain of everything. The Bible says there concerning Gideon. Gideon was asking what's called the angels. He says, Lord, if you notice the word I use, the word honorable question, because every question, and with some of the guys in the Bible I'm going to be bringing, they all ask questions. See, in this kingdom, asking questions is the fact that, yes, you are telling God that, God, I depend on you for solution. How can this be? Have you asked God, how can a marriage work? Have you asked God, how will you be able to find yourself enjoying what you call all the, all the blessings that God sent to you when he says be blessed? Have you asked God? God sent you to go and do some certain thing. Have you asked him, how can this be? Mary got it right. When the Bible says, and the angel appeared to Mary and says, you will have a child, blah, blah, blah. This. The Bible says with Mary, 
Mary asked the angel, how shall this be? Do you notice that the angel was not angry? They answered Mary. Your honorable questions. You are not asking from a standpoint of being rude. This is one mystery that is lacking where all of us, we just come, tell God, God, this is how I want it to be. God, if it's not this way, forget it. Eh? You will sponsor that way now. You will sponsor it yourself. And these are the pain that many of us are facing. Ask God questions. Ask questions. He says there, Lord Gideon, Gideon was saying in verse 13 of Judges chapter 6, and Gideon said unto him, oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then that is a honorable question. I just want to understand, why are these befalling us? Why are these? He was asking honorable questions. You two ask the same honorable questions. Ask questions. Peter asked questions. Lord, we've left all and follow you. Now what is in it for us? Peter is an Igbo man. He's an Igbo guy from Nigeria. That's Peter. Peter is an Igbo man. He doesn't do business without knowing what is in it for him. Peter, that's why I like that guy. That guy is an Igbo guy. Straight Igbo. Guy, what is in it for us? God answer, on this earth, you will, you will get back 100%. And in heaven, you will sit with him by the hand. Imagine if he does not ask that question. You will think he will continue with Jesus working? Ask questions. Ask questions. Moses asked questions too. Lord, who should I say sent me? He said, go and tell them, I am that I am sent me. Paul also asked questions. Lord, who are thou? In the book of Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9. What? When he was on his way to Damascus, who are you? He says, I'm the, what's it called? I'm the Lord Jesus, whom thou persecuted. Your ability to ask questions. One of the things I put here, I say, many of us have not mastered the question techniques with God concerning the happening of our life, our business, and our career. We've not mastered the techniques of asking questions. Point number five. As we begin to bring our thought to a close. Point number five. What is it that guarantees us going in the power of might? In just two minutes. It's the power of trust. It's the power of trust. Can God trust you? Can God trust you? Can God trust you? Can God trust you? see this one? If I can end here, my job is done. Many of the things we've been crying and calling on God. Can God trust you? The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 3 from verse 5 and to 6. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He says here, he says, lean on, trust in, be confident in the Lord with all your heart. He said, not, he said, not really in your own insight or understanding. He says, in all your ways. He says, acknowledge him, for he shall direct your path. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? And can God trust you? There are some of us. Do you notice that the only reason why Gideon went for this battle is because, number one, God trusts him that he can do it. And number two, Gideon trusts God that God will be by his side. That too guarantees the victory he happens, that may happen for him. Do you trust? Do you trust? He says, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. How do you acknowledge him? You acknowledge him in these three ways. Number one, you acknowledge God with your resources that he has given you. You acknowledge God, number two, with your time. You acknowledge God, number three, with the service to God and to humanity. We can see that Gideon was willing to serve God with his skill, with his resources. He acknowledged God with the gift that I'm a mighty man of valor. The time to go into battle, you acknowledge God with it. And the ability for him to serve God, to take the children out from the claws of the Midianite, and also to be able to serve humanity, he was able to pull that off. Because of my time this morning, I want you with this very particular message that I've brought for you this morning. Wherever you are lacking, and you are saying, God, I want to go in this might that I've received. Now you know what the might means. The MDM means your ability for you to master the mystery of the I am. 
Number two, insight and information. Number three, the gratitude mentality. Number four, your honorable question. Number five, your ability to trust. Open your mouth where you are and begin to pray. Say, Lord, I want to go in this might. We just have two minutes to go. Lord, I want to go in this might. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Open your mouth and begin to pray. Lord, help me, Lord. I want to go in the might. I want to be able to route this possibility. But Lord, help me. God, help me. Help me, Lord. Open your mouth and begin to pray this morning. He has called this month our month for us as our month of opportunities and our month of inheritance. Lord, as you said to Gideon, go in this might. Lord, I see where I am lacking. I am not informed in my industry. I don't know the portal of the I am. I am not grateful to you for what you have done. I don't know how to ask honorable questions. And my trust and dependence on you is not in full. But Lord, I pray tonight. I pray this morning, Father, that which I'm lacking. Lord, by your mercy, engrace me with that opportunity. Engrace me with that opportunity. Engrace me with that opportunity. Open your mouth this morning and begin to pray. Lanosh Evrenepinata. Lord, I come this morning for that which I have missed and grace me tomorrow. And grace me this morning. And grace me this morning. In the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for engracing. We ask for engracing. We ask for engracing this morning. We ask for engracing. We ask for engracing, Lord, and grace us. Lord, we want to go in this mind. For somebody this morning, I want you to pray. Lord, the fear that I've been afraid of. Lord, today I deal with that fear. I show up in my mountain with courage. The courage that make me fearless. The encounter that sponsors my conviction. And the I am that is my reality. Lord, as I go this week, I go in that mind. I go in that information. I go in that knowledge. My conviction, Lord, strengthen my conviction. Somebody open your mouth and begin to make that prayer. It is possible for you to bump opportunities this week, but it can be on the backdrop of your strength, the backdrop of your encounter, and the backdrop of your courage and fearlessness. Open your mouth and begin to pray. La Roche. Zinu pale eguanete, legodos shabana, e bronoto beleketos e patos shilata. Father Lord, we thank you this morning. Lord, we are grateful for what you have done for us today. You know that we have a might that you have invited in us, that you have deposited on our inside. But Lord, by strange reason, we are currently afraid. We ask that God help us. Give us the boldness to face our Goliath. Give us the grace and the encouragement, Father, for us to be able to fight the devil in his own game. Empower us, O Lord, Father, not to just play small, but to win the battles of life. Lord, we ask this morning for an encounter. Encounter that sponsors, O Lord, our winning strategy. We ask for the strength for conviction, Lord, that guarantees our staying power regardless of the circumstances. And Father, the ability for us to be fearless, the ability for us to hear right, the ability for us to believe right, and the ability for us to walk right with you. Lord, empower us this morning. Thank you, Father, because I know that this is done. Lord, I pray for every of your sons and your daughter this morning scattered across, currently listening to the live stream and those that will be streaming later this morning. Lord, I ask that your mercy rest upon their life. Lord, mercy to go in this might of the information. Lord, mercy to go in this mystery being revealed. 
I ask that your people benefit from it all in the name of Jesus. I declare upon your life this morning that as you step out this week, you step in the strength and the possibility of God. As you step out this week, you step in courage. You step out being fearless in the name of Jesus. I declare that you are blessed this week. I declare you are protected. I declare you are secured. Thank you, Father, because I know that this is done. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today. But be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, family of rest.